Some people make a list and on it they put all these things they want to do before they die. Or Some people set kind of goals and expectations. Others make checklists, things they want to accomplish. But somewhere out there, there's a list, like a, a, a list from which we can all draw. And this is, for the lack of a better term, the party list. And on this list is things like Oktoberfest in Munich, Mardi Gras in New Orleans, Carnival in Rio, at least a three-day stand on Grateful Dead tour. And also on that list is going to an Olympics. And I think it's bonus points when it's Olympics in your hometown. I have a short respite in between the end of the Winter Olympics here in my beloved Vancouver and a trip down south to another thing that's definitely on the list, South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Wow, South by was one of the biggest parties I'd ever seen until just the last uh, little stretch here in Vancouver. Vancouver's a fun city, don't get me wrong, but if you're into that kind of nightlife, being out and about, like you folks in New York City, you'd just be baffled because you'd just head out, or Barcelona, you'd go out for dinner like you usually do at 11, 12 o'clock at night, and everything's pretty much winding down. But then the Olympics came, and, well, I'm not going to get too deep into it here, but there's a couple things that I'm here to tell you, because this ain't no fancy chugalon, right? I'm just sitting down in the living room, uh, I've got a little bit of a, a cold, you know, I partied strong for, you know, started well before the Olympics, S- catching the last C-bus home, they extended the transit, catching the 2.30 C-bus home, making it into work every day because I'm a professional, and I stayed healthy and strong, but now as soon as I slow down, oh, I got some sort of, some sort of sore throat coming on, and Who knows what that could lead to, but with the right herbal respite, a big glass of echinacea and honey tea, a little lemon in there, lots of vitamin C in general, and a little trip outdoors today on a beautiful sunny day. I'm I'm rallying back in action because, like I'm saying, there's some some partying to do, right? But I got to tell you this about the Olympics, that uh, I've been recording a whole heap of podcasts, and again, these ain't fancy uh, podcast. They were just direct from the phone, from on the go, using some uh, groovy new software called iPadio from England. And, uh, but you've got to go check them out. And you can find most of them at VancouverAccess2010.com, where I've been posting Olympic stuff. But it was all I could do just to get the things posted, let alone spread around and on a nice feed. But if you search around and you're into it, or if you're in Vancouver and you're missing the party vibe, go strap your headphones on and get some out and about uh, it includes some of my favorite activities, including a recap of going to see a non-Olympic activity, uh, one of my favorite rock and roll bands, DOA. Late night at the rickshaw, great night. I won't spoil the details now, but go back and listen to uh, how that night shook, shook out, seeing Wilco out in, the, out in the rain, and also going to uh, the debut, the premiere, the unveiling, the West Coast unveiling of Rickard's Dark, a new beer from the folks at Molson, you know, and they're big macro brewery, but whatever, you know. And uh, they make my uh, my preferred camping beer, Pilsner, the old style Pilsner. Oh, yeah, especially in the tall cans. And this was the Olympics of tall cans for me, too. You know, it was a little tricky sometimes just getting a beer inside of a bar, and then there were a lot of them charging nine bucks for a beer. Are you kidding me? But we found a, a pub that we sort of, and camped in for much of the Olympics that had uh, 
20 ounce glasses of beer for 525 which is the best deal in town except for the doa show where it was bottles out of a bucket for four bucks or something like that but anyway go track those down and uh and you might uh, get a kick out of them because on that list definitely is you will see why an olympics particularly in your hometown is on this party list south by southwest on the party list now, i've done munich oktoberfest in munich i haven't done the tour de france yet which is something on the list some people talk about world cup but it's olympics because it was right here in my town and i was able to um you know like none of the anxieties of not knowing where and what and how and how i can sort everything out i was able to turn lots of people on and sort lots of people out and show them a good time and there was something pretty cool about getting on my bus in the morning and there's fans in from finland and well just about every country you can name uh that has snow hopping on the bus because they'd been uh renting houses up in this area uh but it was a big continual party so the reason I sat down to tell you this is to tell you to go listen to those podcasts, Olympic Outsider. You can Google them up or whatever. We did the True North Media House project, which I meant to tell you all about. But if you go check out all that, you can see all this, uh, well, grassroots fan coverage that we rallied featuring a lot of the people that you've heard on the Chugal over the years, uh, as well as tons of other people that I ain't ever met yet, and people making this massive archive of fan documentation. Now, another reason I sat down was to tell you that I'm headed to South by Southwest. But before I tell you a little bit about that, I wanted to say that a lot of people, you know, were questioning about the importance of doing what we were doing out and about at the Olympics. And this is just taking pictures of anything that we were experiencing and documenting the changes in our community and documenting what it looked like to fans on the ground. The stuff that you don't see on the TV, the hospitality houses, the arts, the culture, the concerts, all the other related events going on in town. And some people say, well, you know, there's more value in investigative journalism. But this isn't, I think it's important, and I'm sort of reminding myself because I think this needs some longer discourse. There's tremendous nobility and value in documenting and chronicling the everyday stuff that we see. My heroes, when I look at things, aren't the Woodward and Bernsteins, the investigative reporters. I have tremendous respect for that their work, but I don't feel that that's my task or my lineage. Instead, I feel that there's tremendous importance in the works of guys like Jean-Jacques Rousseau, who wrote The Confessions, which is a critical work in, in contemporary literature, as well as a huge influence in my life. Henry David Thoreau's Walden, that's just a chronicling. There was nothing in... Uh, and, you know, I'm sort of, da- you know, drifting towards literature here, but um, what I'm saying is that just by documenting creating these archives and evidence of our contemporary human experience that's how people hundreds of years or dozens of years from now will be able to relive and reenact these things and so investigative reporting is very important and my buddy bob mackin did a lot of this um, during the olympics he broke all the stories from the police driver being the bus driver on the protest bus going to victoria to uh, filing freedom of information requests to get the details on budget expenditures and stuff like that he was fully accredited but he's doing all this awesome investigative work, and yet he's stuck working for these relatively schlocky papers. No disrespect, man, but it's like, uh, you know, a guy like that, you know, people say they want investigative journalism, but no one really pays attention to it when it's happening. They want the standard reports. You know, people drift towards the lowest common denominator. So uh, for my part, I think that there's tremendous value and nobility in chronicling these things as a complement to the other bits and pieces that are being 
um, investigated and journalized, as it were. This is documentation and chronicling and reporting, not necessarily journalism. Okay, so that's more of a note to future self to talk more about this. Um, now, next topic is South by Southwest. Uh, as you know, uh, if you've been listening to the Chugla, I've gone down there the last few years. Last year, I was uh, able to speak to an audience of, uh, well, just lay it all out for people in a spiel called Fuck Stats Make Art with the old-timey suitcase, and I, uh, well, that was a real treat. A couple of years before, I recorded a whole heap of podcasts, so if you're curious about this and just want to get the vibe of the whole thing, go check those out. But the gist is that it's, uh, uh, what, all together, like a week, 10-day long uh, festival, but it's a bunch of festivals. It's interactive media, which is internet stuff, right, Uh, as well as music, and film. It started as a music and film festival. Actually, I'm not sure which came first, but the interactive part has really become a, a huge component of it. It's kind of like geek spring break, and everyone you know who owns some internet company is there uh, exchanging ideas and schlepping and releasing new stuff. So I'm going to be out there from March, what, 11th or 12th to 17th, something like that. I can't remember the dates, but if you're in the Texas area or you're going to uh, be there, Drop me a note, and perhaps we can stir up some hijinks in the land of barbecue, beer, and and some beautiful weather, I'm sure.
so really those were the important parts that I want to tell you. To recap, it was I'm making podcasts for Olympic Outsider, and wow, it was a wild party. Two, uh, I encourage you to go visit international parties and document them. Three, there's tremendous nobility and importance to documenting chronicling everyday events, which I'll get to more uh, some other time. And the next last one is I'll be at South by Southwest. Uh, so drop me a note at Uncle Weed on Twitter or whatever your your crafty you can figure it out, and perhaps we can get up to some hijinks there in the land of uh, beer and barbecue. Did I already say that? And beautiful weather, which it also is here in Van Groovy. Uh, oh, and the other thing I was going to tell you is after I recorded that end of the year kind of recap episode, uh, just after that, a lot of things started like changing in my professional life and stuff. But in amidst all that, I went down to visit the Numbskulls and Hempet down in PL to drop off the map for a few days and reconnect. And I had some really, mm, really important times down in PL that I'll talk to you more about some other time. But the short version is I sat down again with the Numbskulls, and they're growing up. Uh, Nolan's in community college. The other two are still in high school, and they're really kind of continuing to expand themselves as, as musicians and artists, and I had a great time with them. And most importantly, they're living in this you know tiny little logging town, and, and uh, well, there's a lot of sideways ways you can go, and they're, uh, they're keeping it cool down there. So I, got a, I did another interview, and I got some new tracks from the Numbskulls to share with you to continue uh, like the chronicling these guys as they come along. All right, that's all I got for you, man. I got to drink some of this tea and stuff. So, uh, uh, you know, you know, party on, Wayne, Sarah. You've been shooting along with Uncle 